0: Hello, and welcome to the CBC The Rim podcast. CBC The Rim is a church in San Antonio, Texas. Due to COVID-19, our gatherings look a little different right now, but we encourage you to make space to lean in and listen to what God wants to say to you. We also encourage you to participate as you listen. We hope you enjoy the message.
1: We want to kickstart this whole thing with good news, Mother's Day edition, so many cool stories about what God is doing in and through our family. And so Melissa and Kristen, two moms, took their kids to the SA Food Bank they're just showing them how to serve and partnering with them. And we're just so grateful uh, for moms like you. Uh, who are not only being good news, but showing your family how to be good news. Uh, Troy Jaster, who's not a mom, uh, but, uh, man, felt this burden um, just to be able to, for for people who have lost their jobs. And so, man, pulling together his Rim community and friends and family, was able to collect, uh, man, a lot of money, and then be able to distribute this uh, to several moms, uh, and even a single mom or two single moms. And so uh, along with some other people, but a lot of people in our church were blessed uh, by one man being willing to go, Hey, I've got some friends. We've got some extra cash. And they're just being good news. Uh, Carmel Gabriel, another mom, uh, has two little boys and she serves a nonprofit Uh, called The Banquet Table, and they've got a lot of cool connections with coffee uh, at BASIS. If you've been to BASIS and you've gotten coffee, notice how amazing it is. It comes from The Banquet Table, Carmel and Marcus. Well, Carmel in this season has been taking the coffee and taking it to the front lines, to the first responders and healthcare professionals, and giving them coffee in a season that they need the pick-me-up. And so such a small thing. But I man, it goes a long way. And then the last story that I want to celebrate uh, is Katie Overstreet, um, just a mom who is uh, in this season loving and meeting her neighbors uh, to the point that one of her neighbors, a single dad, had to go to the ER this week and their daughter, six-year-old daughter, uh, It was too crazy for uh, her to go to the ER with them. And so they just kind of adopted them for the evening and cooked them a meal. And even in a season where it's so, we're so scared and it's a little crazy to invite people into our home, they welcomed a neighbor and took care of them and showed them love. And I love just the simplicity of that. And so, hey, tonight I'm excited that we have a special guest that's joining us. We have Katie Overstreet that's joining us tonight. Katie, how are you doing? Welcome to The Gathering. You have a guest with you, who is this?
2: I do, this is Ella, my eight-year-old daughter. And then I have a five-year-old in the back playing baby doll. She just couldn't be interrupted right now to participate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well Ella, thank you so much for joining us as well. Uh, Before we get started, I just wanted to say one, uh, happy Mother's Day. Um, this is a big day you. for you I'm grateful for all that you do and then second you're also a teacher and so we just want to say happy teacher appreciation week uh you teach second and third grade reading correct
2: I do. yes i have about 40 students that i am teaching right now from home
1: uh you you are a hero and a saint and so Thank you. Well, katie i just want to I mean kick this question to you and you can answer it however you want but would love just any encouragement to our moms or to our families in our church. Maybe like what it looks like or maybe how to be good news uh, in this crazy season.
2: So I think uh, what has helped us most is just to give ourselves as moms and families a lot of grace. Um, it's wow. not easy. And no one could have prepared you to be quarantined for two months with your children. It's, it's hard and i think kind of throwing the schedule out and throwing your expectations out and just giving yourself a lot of grace that today is going to be great today might not be great but we have another day tomorrow and god has equipped us to be mothers he trusts us with this job and we just we just have to do it the best that we can
1: oh i love it and like you said it's so easy to get wrapped up in and comparing yourself and going, ah, here's the truth. There are going to be some moms who watch this and compare themselves even to you and go, ah, I'm not doing enough. And uh, anything you'd speak to that.
2: Yeah. Do not compare yourself to me because (laughs) today, even today, has been really hard. Uh, We have some really good days and then we have really bad weeks. And that's okay. I struggle a lot with comparing myself to all the moms that I see on Facebook and all the great things that they're doing with their children during quarantine. And I feel like I'm not doing enough, but then I look to God and I pray about this and I realize I am doing enough. I am being a good mother. I'm doing the right thing for my children. Um, no one could have prepared me for, for, for this. I um, mean, you know, I'm trying to teach 40 plus students. I'm trying to um, teach my own children and cook dinner and be a good wife and be a good mom. It's it's really hard, so you can do this.
1: I love that. Ella, since we have you on there, is there anything that you would say to your mom just to encourage her?
2: She's really awesome. <laughs> um, I think she's always trying to give me a helping hand whenever I need it, so.
1: Yeah. yeah well moms uh, all over uh, i hope you hear that we we think you're awesome and katie you are awesome and we love you i love that it's the simple things just saying hi to a neighbor uh being available uh smiling smiling is sometimes the best form of good news in this season so thanks for joining us we love you and we are so grateful for you Well, Church, uh, thank you so much for your radical generosity in this season. Not only with your treasure, but also with your time and your talents. And I just want to encourage you, continue to be good news. Well, we're two weeks into a sermon series that we're calling Church in the Wild. And, And the premise is this. That typically people believe that when crisis hits, when confusion hits, that the church ceases being the church. That people stop being a loving community and there's no evidence of God in the midst of chaos. And what we're saying is, no, we actually believe that in the confusion, in the crisis, in all of the crazy, that the church is actually meant to survive. That we believe that in the wild that God is preparing for himself a people, a people that are being prepared for the promised land. And we believe that in this season, and like it feels like a wilderness, it's like a jungle, that God is actually preparing us for something greater. And I'm praying for you and I that this season would actually cause the foundation to get a little bit more sturdy and that the roots would go so much deeper And that our church and us as individuals, we would actually begin to bear fruit that would put God's goodness on full display. And so we're going to continue this journey in Galatians chapter 5, looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to put these verses on the screen. I want to encourage you to just to read them out loud. If you're alone, read them out loud to yourself. And maybe even spend a little bit of time journaling Uh, Asking God what what stands out to you. If you're with a group, select someone to read the verse out loud. And if you have a little bit of time, talk about what grabs your attention. Go ahead and do that now.
0: But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other.
1: Well, last week we looked at the fruit of the Spirit of love. And today we're going to talk about joy. And I'm not really into sermon titles I don't get that creative, but we're calling this sermon, Joy in the Jungle. And the reason is because it feels, this wilderness feels a lot like a jungle. And whether it's the news about this worldwide pandemic that is constantly just on our newsfeed or in our faces, I mean, it's crazy to think... We are nine weeks into doing church online and virtually and trying to figure out how to build community and Zoom groups. Like nine weeks into this. it's There's craziness all around us. We all naturally live uh, towards a bent for negativity and complaining. I don't know if you realize this, that the majority of our comments and conversation are actually more negative than they are positive. That we live in a world of social media where we're constantly comparing ourselves to one another. That just easily stills our joy. Like it's been said that comparison is actually the thief of joy. And we don't even have to get into the stats on depression or fear, anxiety. I mean, they're staggering. So the question is like, joy, how, how does that actually work? Well, the good news is is that the Apostle Paul, who's writing this letter to the church in Galatia, definitely understood what it was like to walk through hardships. And so he had the ability to say that we can have joy in the midst of really, really difficult times. And Paul was put in prison several times, beaten countlessly, many times to the point of almost death. He was stoned, shipwrecked three times, and even spent a night on the open sea. So he definitely knows what it what it looks like and feels like to walk through hardships. But he's going to tell us that the fruit of the spirit is love and then joy. Now the Greek word here is kairo. Kairo and it, what it means is is to have joy, to have gladness in one's soul no matter the circumstance. Many of us we think about joy being the same as happiness, but they're so different. Happiness is based upon external circumstances, that what I'm walking through, what relationships I'm in, how my, my bank statements, what they communicate to me, that that can ultimately determine my happiness. But joy is is deeply rooted, and no matter what we're walking through, even something like COVID nineteen. The truth is we can still have joy. And many of us, we we live in this illusion that one day our circumstances will change and then we'll have joy. We think, man, I'm in college. If I could just graduate, then I would have joy. If I could just get a job, then I would have joy. I'm single, but once I get married, I have joy. Or once I have kids or uh, or once the kids leave the house and they leave the house and you wish they were back. So we're constantly chasing for this illusion that one day things will be perfect and then we'll have joy. And that that's true, that we may miss out on joy until the day we die. Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says it this way. He says, rejoice, or, or to, to re-up on joy, to be filled, for joy to circulate. It comes from the same root word, rejoice in the Lord always, like without ceasing. Every day, always. Again, just in case you miss it, he says, rejoice. Let your goodness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then he says this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is commanding you and I to have joy, to rejoice. And just in case you missed it, I'll say it again, rejoice. So I want to throw a question up on the screen. I want you guys to kind of process this with maybe your family, your roommates, or if you're alone, just journal. And I want to encourage you, be honest, don't hold back. But the question is this, what brings you joy? What is it that brings joy to you? Take a second and answer this question.
0: If you would like to take a moment to reflect or process or even pray about something you're hearing, you can press pause now.
1: Well, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the Bible puts joy in a non-optional category. That joy is actually a command. And I don't know if you've even thought about this, that joylessness is actually a serious sin. Now I'm not talking about just being happy or fake it till you make it. But think about this: if someone is unloving to you or to someone you know, like we know that that's that's not scriptural. Like that they're not walking in the spirit. Like we go, no, to be unloving, that's a sin. But it's interesting that right after love is joy, and so scripture is going to say, "Hey, to to not have joy is to not be walking in the spirit." Lewis Smead, who's a theologian, he puts it this way. He says, To miss out on joy is to miss out on the very reason for your existence. That you and I were created to experience joy as we walk with the Spirit, as we know Jesus intimately. Or C.S. Lewis said this, he said, Joy is the serious business of heaven. So if we don't like to walk in joy, we're probably not going to like heaven. And if you're like, well, I don't know those two guys. Well, even Jesus, when he's talking about the kingdom of God, he always refers to it as a party. All of Luke 15, he talks about these three lost things. And when they're found, all of heaven is filled with joy and they throw a fat daddy party. Even the end of the Bible ends with people being filled with joy at the banquet table of God, the wedding feast. And so I want to kick it to another question, and I want you to ask yourself this. What keeps you from experiencing joy? We just talked about what what, what gives us joy. Well, what keeps us from experiencing it? Go ahead.
0: If you would like to take a moment to reflect or process or even pray about something you're hearing, you can press pause now.
1: Well, as a follower of Jesus, there are so many reasons for us to have joy. And there's really four that I'm thinking about. There's the joy that we have in family, uh, that we have in feast, in our faith, and in the future. And yes, they all start with an F. Uh, you're welcome. Hopefully it'll help you remember it. But the first, if you're writing it down, is a joy in a family. And I love spending time with my family. So whether it's with my wife Jane, uh, or our baby Tilly that you met earlier, or it's even friends that I consider family. There's such joy in doing life with people. Okay, and I know there's some mixed emotions uh, about that because there's many of us when we talk about family that that's kind of almost like a negative thing because of maybe loss or maybe abuse or uh, maybe gosh people in our lives have abandoned us or taken a step back that family can can man it can be a hard thing that even in this season of um, celebrating Mother's Day I think about a good friend of mine Dan Kelly who was uh, a part of our church and this week I mean he said goodbye to his mom and this will be the very first Mother's Day that he celebrates without her here and so for whatever reason I know for some of us, family can be hard, but the scripture paints this picture that there's a family that you and I are invited into that's way deeper than biological, that's actually spiritual, and that biological family is, is for here on earth, but spiritual is here on earth and eternal. And we're invited into that. The scripture here says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, Paul says this, Remember that at the one time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise. And without hope, and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near because of the blood of Christ. And consequently, that you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but now fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. That that scripture says that you and I are citizens of a covenant that God is making between you and I. And also that we're a people, we're citizens, we're people, a family that he's creating that we've been adopted into. And so for every follower of Jesus, whether you realize it or not, You've been adopted into a family, and that's what the church is. The church isn't an institution. It's not a place. It's not a, you know, programs. No, it's always meant to be a family that's been here on this lonely world trying to figure out how to do life in the wilderness. And so that's why we have joy. I was even thinking about, man, uh, in Acts 8, there's Philip, and he meets this Ethiopian eunuch, which means that his body has been modified so that he can't have biological kids. So that he can't reproduce and have a family. And Philip meets him in the desert. And he has a scroll from Isaiah. And he begins to tell him the gospel. And his life is transformed. And the scripture says that he gets baptized in a small puddle. And then he leaves rejoicing. Filled with joy because he's not only received the gospel. But he's also been adopted into a family. Isaiah 56 actually talks about, part of this the, the scroll he we've been reading, talks about that a eunuch can be blessed. Typically, they were viewed as cut off because they can't have kids. They can't have a blessing. To have kids is to have a blessing. But this scripture says that, no, for the eunuch, I'll just read it here. Such a beautiful, beautiful passage. It says this. He says, uh, for this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath. Who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant. To them, I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters, and I will give them an everlasting name that will last forever. Then he's saying, hey, there's this spiritual family that he's building, and you and I, we have an opportunity to actually have spiritual kids, and that legacy is way more beautiful than even biological, as beautiful as that is. And so I want to just also make this side note, and this is crazy, okay? Because in this time that we're in right now, and even just hearing the news this week about a young black man who was jogging and was shot by two white men. And even now that the justice not fully served and, and, and that, that wrestle and that, that tension, you remember like, Drew, hold on. What does this have to do with anything? I need to speak into this. Because the truth is, our church is filled with people of color. And I want you to hear this. That what happened is not only sinful, it's shameful. It's horrific. And it is not the way of Jesus. That he does not condone this. It is, it is wrong. And, and those two men need to be punished to the full extent of the law. And church, listen, we... We are called to love one another, and it breaks my heart that we live in a day and age that your value comes from your skin color. In the church of Jesus, we're called to love all people because all people have the image of God imprinted on them, the fingerprints of God. That the scripture, even that we read last weekend, First John 4, it says this, that if anyone like boasts, I love God. And goes right on hating his brother and sister, thinking nothing of it. He is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love God who he can't see? The command that we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. And so I just want to say, listen, to to my friends and the, the, the parts of our church, like, that, that are maybe find themselves in a minority and not a part of the privileged majority. We love you. We see you. We're in this fight with you. And I would encourage, church, if you, if you are a part of the majority, would you seek to understand, ask questions, reach out, and would you love our brothers and sisters that are facing such discrimination, that have to walk in fear, jog in fear, Like, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Jesus wasn't white. Like, he he wasn't European. Like, Jesus had dark skin. If Jesus was jogging, there's a chance he'd get shot by two white men. And so let's not miss that. That that the gospel is for all colors, and, and God loves all people. And just real talk, God spoke a lot of other languages before he spoke English. And this Ethiopian eunuch, He's not white. He's black. And so before any American ever received the gospel, like it was in the Middle East and it made its way to Africa. And so church, listen, we have to be loving. We've got to lean in. So um, that's my encouragement. That's why like, we, we love one another because we're family. But not only do we have joy in family, we also have joy in a feast. And I don't just mean filled tables with food. I mean like in common grace. If you think about this most of us have tables filled with food and that might be ramen noodles and not steak but the tables are full and we have common grace meaning no matter followers of jesus or not every one of us woke up this morning with lung like with air in our lungs and our hearts beating and all of that a gift from god not a single one of us wills our heart to beat and because of that common grace that he's given us like we have a reason to be joyful And when's the last time that you thought, like, I I have joy because my heart beats. Or when's the last time you thought, I could be joyful because I can walk when so many can't. Or I can hear, or I can see, or or whatever it may be. Or that you're literate. Like, how cool of a gift is that? So many reasons for us to be joyful. Because God has, man, filled our table with so many things. But not only is it our family and feast, but also our faith. When I say our faith, I mean the gospel, and I mean Jesus The gospel is the story that you and I were dead in our sin. Can't fix ourselves, can't save ourselves, can't bring ourselves to life. But God was willing to leave his throne room and come to this planet to rescue and redeem us and take our place on the cross so that all of the wrath of God that was aimed towards me and towards you would land on Jesus. That we were once dead and now we're alive And because of that, we can actually have a relationship with the God of the universe. No longer enemies, now sons and daughters. And listen, if that doesn't give you joy in your heart, then nothing will. And not only do we have the story of the gospel, we also have Jesus. And Jesus is our joy. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but Jesus is the most joy-filled person that's ever walked on planet Earth Like, even in the most horrific scene, he has joy. That Hebrews 12, 2 would say is that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Like, Jesus had joy as he was being nailed to the cross. Why? Because he knew what was going to happen. He knew that he was going to rescue and redeem you and I. So it brought him joy. In John 15, Jesus speaks to his disciples. And one of the things he says is this, is he's communicating. He says that as a father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. And then he says this, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Meaning, when we abide in Jesus, as we walk in him, walk with him, his joy, the fullness of joy, is placed inside of us and that we have the same joy that Jesus had and His joy was complete, full, maxed out, topped off. Like it can't get any bigger or better. And so with you and I, as we realize Jesus is our joy. He fills our cup. On January 7th, 2019, I got a phone call. I was on a retreat and I got a phone call from Jane in the middle of the night. And I rushed home because she was in pain and she started going into labor. And then we rushed to uh, to the hospital. And in just a few short minutes uh, of just a lot of screaming and through labor pains, all of a sudden, our daughter entered into the scene. Ta-da, just like this. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and Tilly was born in January 7th, 2019, And um, by Tilly. And one of the, the things that's so important is this. is through all of the screaming, through all of the pain, that room was filled with joy. Jane and I's heart is filled with joy. She still brings so much joy to, to our family. But the truth is, Tilly's not just the giver of joy. She's a she's source of joy. She is the joy. And the same is true for Jesus. That Jesus isn't just the giver of joy. He's the source of joy. And we don't chase Jesus so that we will be joyful. We chase Jesus because we want Jesus. And then the byproduct is joy in our hearts. That he is our source of joy. The fourth and final point is this. That there's joy in a future. That in one day that we will breathe our last and all things will be made new. And we will stand before Jesus, no hurt, no pain, no distractions, no frustrations, fully known, fully loved. And that day, just the thought of that day, gives every follower of Jesus a reason to have joy. So what do we do? How do we actually exercise this and work it out? Well, real real quick, three simple things. One, start abiding with Jesus. Stay connected to Him. As you walk with Jesus and experience Him, the natural byproduct will be a life filled with joy. And I encourage you, like, start now. That the scripture says in Psalm 118, 24, that this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice in it and be glad. He says this is the day. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. No, today, right now. This is the day that we should have joy And then also I would encourage you, lastly, to remind yourself of the gospel and the reason for your joy. That Psalm 51 would say this, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. That we have a tendency to so easily forget all that God has done for us. Remind yourself daily of the good news that He came to rescue you, and you are now a son or daughter of the King of the universe. And that should put a smile on your face. If today you don't know Jesus, I want you to know this, that you can spend the rest of your life searching and seeking uh, for something that will satisfy you and that will bring you joy. And the truth is, there's momentary happiness, but everlasting joy only comes with Jesus and I encourage you to maybe reach out to someone that you know that loves Jesus or send us a message or maybe drop it in the chat. We would love to chat with you. We would love to introduce you to King Jesus. Church, I love you and I know that God has been spoken so much today through worship, through the Mother's Day video, through the Zoom call, good news, even through his word. So I want to give us 120 seconds for you just to sit and ask God these two questions. God, what are you trying to say to me? And then what do you want me to do about it? And then would you just journal? I love you, church. Take this time to hear from God.
0: Thank you for listening to the CBC The Rim podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to learn more about CBC The Rim, such as our online gathering times, you can find us at cbctherim.com or on Instagram and Facebook at CBC The Rim.